The following episode is explicit and is intended for mature audiences. Listener and viewer discretion is advised. All right, hey everybody, it's Nathaniel Avila, and I'm here with cold but not cold hoodie wearing Ruby. I'm very cold. Yeah, but she doesn't want to turn on the heater because she's afraid to get too hot. That's not me. That's people in my household. Okay. It's freaking freezing outside, and they want to have it, you know, at 70 in here, and I'm just like, I'm always in a hoodie, so maybe I just need more iron in my system. Maybe. <laughs> you know, I pump the iron. That's how I got these guns. Mm. Yeah, gun show. Are you impressed, Ruby? Don't look, Apple. Don't look, Pencil. It's inappropriate. How is that inappropriate? <laughs> okay. So, oh, and this is Ruby, by the way. Hello. I am Ruby. I am the co-host of this podcast, so y'all probably know me by now, hopefully. Yeah, I don't know who you are. <laughs> who are you? What are you this doing? the third uh, episode of our Puerto Rican history lesson. Yeah. It should be almost done by now. Uh, which this yeah, should be our last one. Be the last episode. Yes, and then we can move to another um, another history lesson with you, a different. Do you want to do Do you want to do Ukraine next? Because that's a hot oh button. Tip. That's a hot button issue. Um, we'll see. I'm like it's too soon right now. I'm kind <gasps> of still like it's, it's very like unreal. It's very surreal to me right now that we're in 2020 and this is happening <laughs> mm. well they, they were saying that this was going to happen for a while and it's actually an important issue to bring up on this you know podcast because it's like we're supposed to be learning from history so that we don't repeat history and it's just like some people don't want to learn from history for some reason it is true Putin and his uh and his guy and his like propaganda group is spreading a lot of misinformation and a lot of non-history about the Ukraine. Yeah, saw that. They kind of took that misinformation train and ran with it. They knew how how impactful that could be. So, mm-hmm. sadly. But we'll see what the next one is. You guys stay tuned and find out. Today we're going to finish out the Puerto Rican episode. Yeah. So do you remember what we did last time? Where we ended? Um, no, I don't remember where we ended. Yeah, we talked about the Ponce Massacre. Okay. I, I'm sorry, it was a while back, so I don't remember where we ended. Yeah, we ended on the Ponce Massacre, the the peaceful protest that ended up becoming a major, like, police shooting. Oh, right, 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 where the police literally just had at it. Just, like, open fired? <laughs> shooting people, yeah, they just open fire. Mm-hmm, yeah, okay, so... Bad. Now we're, gonna, that. now we're going to talk about the establishment of the Commonwealth, which is where Puerto Rico is right now. Okay. So, in the years after World War II, social, political, and economical changes began to take place uh, that have continued to shape the island's character today. In 1943, uh, saw legislative assembly pass by unanimous vote a concurrent resolution calling for an end to the colonial system of government. So they were trying to end the colonial system. So the late 1940s brought the beginning of a major migration to the continental United States, mainly to New York City. The main reasons of the, for this were an undesirable economic situation brought by the Great Depression, as well as strong recruiting by the U.S. Armed Forces for personal for personnel and U.S. companies for workers. So, there's that. So, in 1946, President Truman appointed resident commissioner Jesus de Pinheiro to serve as island governor, and he was the first Puerto Rican appointed to that position. So now we have the very first Puerto Rican governor of Puerto Rico. Yeah. In May 1948, a bill was introduced before the Puerto Rican Senate, which would restrain the rights of independence and nationalist movements in the archipelago. The Senate, which at the time was controlled by the PPD, 
or the Popular Democratic Party, and presided by Luis Munoz Marin, approved the bill. So this bill became known as the Gag Law. Now, when Pinheiro signed it into law on June 10th, 1948, now it made it illegal to sing a patriotic song and reinforced the 1898 law that had made it illegal to display the flag of Puerto Rico. With anyone found guilty or disobeying the law in any way, being subject to sentence up to 10 years imprisonment and a fine of $108,000 or both. Wait a minute. So the people of Puerto Rico or the leaders of Puerto Rico passed it, but it sounds like it was something in favor of the U.S. Well, yeah, uh, Puerto Rico was part of the U.S., so it's just the same. Oh, yeah, so the, but yeah, but I'm just saying, like, they're literally saying you can't have anything of your own. <laughs> well, no singing patriotic songs in this flag, you can't show it. Yeah. So. I just, I wonder why they had to have a big old bill and a gag on that if it wasn't such a big deal. Um, makes you think, Ruby. Mm-hmm. So the U.S. And the fact that the Democratic Party passed it, but I mean that makes sense because, like you said, they're part of the U.S. now. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, the U.S. Congress passed an act allowing Puerto Ricans to elect their own governor. So no, no more of this appointing nonsense. Now we get to elect our own governor. Now, when the first elections under this act was held under December, November second, nineteen forty-eight. When Ms. Maureen won the election and was sworn, is, sworn in as the first democratically elected governor of Puerto Rico on January 2nd, 1949. Now, on July 3rd, 1950, President Henry S. Truman signed the Puerto Rico Federal Relations Act of 1950, which allowed Puerto Ricans to draft their own constitution and to establish their own internal government while the island was still under a gag law. It also authorized the president to forward a new constitution <laughs> to the Congress if he found it conformed conform to the provisions of the act. So, what are you drinking, by the way? Uh, LaCroix. LaCroix. I heard that's a, a drink that a lot of millennials like. Yes, so I'm a millennial. Uh, when were you born? <laughs> 87. Yeah, I think that is a millennial. Let me see. I'll make sure that you're not a Gen Xer and you're not a fraud. No, I think I fall like right, like in between millennial, like right before Gen Xer. <gasps> you're a Gen Xer. <gasps> uh-uh. You've been living a lie. No. I'm a millennial. Really? According to Wikipedia, you're a Gen Xer. <laughs> We don't believe Wikipedia. Wikipedia is a source of misinformation. Okay. <laughs> Let me see. No. So I guess it's up for debate. Mm. Vote in the comments below. Is Ruby a millennial or a Gen Xer? I gotta be because I'm drinking LaCroix. Okay. <laughs> so the Constitution, which took effect upon the approval of the U.S. Congress, formally named the territory... Uh, Estado Libre Asociado de Puerto Rico in Spanish, but since the English translation, the Free Associated State of Puerto Rico was unacceptable, as the U.S. had not granted granted them statehood. So, we can't have that, Ruby. They're not letting them have anything. Yeah. So the name, the Commonwealth of Puerto Rico, is used for English. Four U.S. states like Kentucky, Massachusetts, Pennsylvania, and Virginia use Commonwealth as part of their formal names. And the former territory of the Philippines was elevated to Commonwealth status in 1935 in preparation for independence, which was granted in 1946. So, yeah. So, once in office, however, Munoz Marin was directed not to pursue Puerto Rican independence, which angered many of his constituents and betrayed the wishes of his father, Luis Munoz Rivera and dealt another blow to the independence movement. So what do you think about that? They just can't catch a break. Like, no matter what you do, don't ever try to be independent. Okay. So what do you think? You still you still are for Puerto Rico being independent? Yeah. Okay. Definitely. So... I mean, it's something that they've been trying to do forever, and they just can't ever 
catch a break. <laughs> Let me see. On October 30th, 1950, a group of Puerto Rican nationalists under the leadership of Pedro Albizo Campos staged several attacks across the main island, known as the Puerto Rican Nationalist Revolts of the 1950s, the most successful of which was the Hayuya Rising, Uprising, the Hayuya Uprising. Now, their revolts included an attack on the governor's mansion, the fortress. Puerto Rican military force were, forces were called in to put down the Hayuya Uprising. Two days later, Two nationalists from the New York tried from New York tried to storm into their Blair House. Oh, tried to storm into Blair House in Washington D.C., then the president's temporary residence, to assassinate the te United States President Henry S. Truman. Now these acts. Yeah. Now these asked Les Morez oh Manuel Munoz to crack down on Puerto Rican nationalists and advocates for Puerto Rican independence. These actions by both Munoz, under the gag law and the the Corpetas program and the United States government through the COINTELPRO program, would later be determined as infringing on constitutional rights. So, what do you think about that? I think it's really crazy that they tried to assassinate Truman. So, do you think you're still for these guys? You're still for the Nationalist Party? The Puerto Rican Nationalist uh, Party? I mean, they're obviously, like, feeling like they have their hands tied behind their back. So, you know, obviously whenever there's a group of people and they've, they've tried using their voice, they've tried using other forms of protest, you know, for, for some people it gets too frustrating for the point, to the point where they're just like, okay, I'm done with this and I'm just going to have to do something that is basically sparked off of my emotion. Okay. And that's a bad idea. That's a really a bad idea. Because, mm -hmm. yeah, then it, it makes them look exactly like the bad guys. Mm -hmm. It's like... To try to assassinate Truman? Yeah. Is Truman Democratic? A Democrat or a Republican? He's a Democrat. Mm -hmm. I don't remember. I just remember seeing this post on Twitter for President Day, and they're like, Ain't one, ain't no president of the United States. Ain't not, what they say? Hold on. Okay, I want to phrase it the right way. Okay. There's not one president of the United States to be celebrated. Something like that. They're saying, like, they're all, they've all they all had their faults. Like, what does that, have, what does that have to do with Truman? Um, he's, he's one of the presidents. Oh, I thought it was specifically about him. No, I'm saying, like, it just reminds me how, you know, we're talking about presidents and presidents, they just happen. And there's a lot of confusion on that because it's like, why do we get President's Day off, but we don't get Election Day off? I don't, I didn't get President's Day off. Nobody well, got President's Day off. Did. Mostly, like, government workers and stuff like that. Well, my dad's a government worker and he saw the work. The schools, too, yeah. I wish I had got President's Day off. Throwing that in there as some sprinkling in some extra culture at the moment <laughs> of society. Okay. <laughs> but uh, in February 1952, the Const Constitution of Puerto Rico was approved by the voters in a referendum, and the U.S. Congress gave its approval. Subject, Por subject Puerto Rico striking Section 20 of Article 2 and adding text to Section 3 of Article uh, 7 of the final draft amendments that were finally ratified in November of that year, the territory organized under the name of the Commonwealth of Puerto Rico, as the archipelago was not a full state. So that same year marked the first time that the flag of Puerto Rico could be publicly displayed. Rather than being subject to a 10-year prison sentence, that had been passed during the gag law in 1948. In March 1954, four nationalists fired guns from the visitors gallery of the U.S. House of Representatives at the Capitol to protest a lack of the lack of Puerto Rican independence, wounding several persons. Yeah, they're pretty fed up. But you say, but you think it's it's justified? No. Oh, okay. No. Okay. Because then we would have to cancel you, Ruby. No. 
<laughs> no, I'm just when, just because I understand like where they're coming from. I'm not saying yes, it's good. Okay. Yes, it's justified. Let's get that straight. Okay. Sorry. Sorry, classmates, for the confusion. So, Louis A. Ferret founded the United Statehooders, an organization to campaign for... Hooders. Yeah, state, United Statehooders, an organization to campaign for statehood in the, 19, in the 1967 uh, plebiscite after the statehood Republican Party chose to boycott on the vote. On July 23, 1967, the first plebiscite... Uh, of, on the political status of Puerto Rico was held. Now, voters, voters affirmed a uh, continuation of the Commonwealth status, with Commonwealth win getting 60.4% of the vote, statehood getting 39%, and do you know how much independence got? How much? 0.6%. Oh my goodness. So that means amongst Puerto Ricans, the idea of independence is not even an option. They don't want it. Right. They don't want to be right. independent. What do you think about that? That's crazy. How so? I guess I guess maybe, you know, collectively they kind of feel like they're done fighting. <laughs> yeah, maybe. They're done trying to get what they've been trying to get and, and they ju- they're just better off trying to reform what they do have there. So, other plebiscites have been held to determine the political status of Puerto Rico. In 1993 and in 1998, both times, all, both times, although by similar margins, the status quo had been upheld. In 2012, a majority voted to reject the current status and voted to become a state. The referendum was controversial as opponents had tried to persuade people to abstain from voting altogether and argued the vote was invalid. Mm. Now, as the U.S. Constitution empowers Congress to admit new states, the referendum could be taken only as a sign of popular opinion. Legally, the island remains a territory of the United States under congressional supervision. After the 1967 plebiscite, the New Progressive Party, or New Party for Progress, was organized under Ferrer's leadership. The party campaigned for Puerto Rico to become the 51st state of the Union. Now, Luis A. Ferrer was elected governor on November 5, 1968, with 43.6% of the vote, the first time a pro-statehood governor had received a plurality. The New Progressive Party, the Popular Democratic Party, the Independence Party, and uh, the Citizens Party movement constitute the current political status-based registered political parties on the island. Now, Puerto Rico continues to struggle to define its political status under the U.S. colonial rule. Even though Puerto Rico was granted the right to draft its own constitution while under a gag law approved with conditions by Congress on July 3, 1952, it remains an unincorporated, organized territory of the United States. With 13.3% co-sponsorship of the Puerto Rico Admissions Act in 2018, and only 5% in 2019. The the U.S. House of Representatives had demonstrated little interest in Puerto Rico being incorporated, let alone being admitted as a state. So right now it's just literally over congressional, like, review, or how did you say that word? What was it that you said earlier? But um, it's not a state. It's basically just it's a a territory of the U.S. Yeah. Under congressional review. Yeah. And it's just been that way. Yeah. But there yeah. was yeah there was a bill that was passed, but a bill was ne- a bill has never made it to the U.S. Senate since the U.S. took possession possession of the islands in 1898. Now its ambiguous political and economic status has approved has provided a haven for U.S. businesses and federal government to allow cheap labor and keep consumer prices high or on par with U.S. national averages, despite almost 50% of the population living in poverty. So, Mm -hmm. over a million people had been forced to migrate to the United States in the last 10 years. The local economy has been kept in a state of forced dependency, 
Hampered by strict trade restrictions, the insular government was forced into bankruptcy, and colonial rule in Puerto Rico continues to spark political debates which dominate the Puerto Rican society on the islands throughout the diaspora. So, what do you think about that? I think that makes a lot of sense as to the current status of Puerto Rico and, again, how they have not been able to gain their independence. Um, they have been forced to be dependent so heavily on the U.S. Yeah, but it sounds like they don't want independence, though. Well. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what that is about. <laughs> um, I don't know if it's just, like I said, because they feel like they are so dependent on the U.S. that they're just used to it by that by now, and they don't want to, I guess, be on their bad side, or be on the bad side, <laughs> or they're just being complacent, like many people here in the U.S. are. Are you complacent, Ruby? No, absolutely not. I'm very complacent. I carry a rage of fire within me. Mm-hmm. At all times. Okay. <laughs> that doesn't sound very healthy. Oh, it's definitely not. Definitely not. But on July 30, 23, 1967, the first, the first plebiscite on the political status of Puerto Rico was held. Voters overwhelmingly affirmed continuation of Commonwealth with 60.4% voting to remain Commonwealth. Yeah, we already went over that. Other referendums have been subsequently held to determine political status of Puerto Rico. In 1993 and 1998, all three of these status, all three of these, the status quo has been upheld, and there was no strong feeling in favor of independence or statehood. Uh, but the Puerto Rican status referendum of 2012 occurred in do, do, uh, November 6, 2012, and the result was a 54 majority percent majority of the ballots cast the, uh, against the continuation of the island's territorial political status and in favor of a new status of votes. Uh, for new status, a 61.1% shows statehood. This was by far the most successful referendum for statehood advocates. In all other referenda, votes for statehoods were matched almost equally by votes for remaining an American territory with the remainder for independence. Support for U.S. statehood has risen in each successive popular referendum because there are almost 500,000 blank ballots in the 2012 referendum creating confusion as to the voters true desire Congress decided to just ignore it so okay <laughs> yeah so it sounds like things are changing right like they're actually advocating for better changes um, you know that statehood how it's risen to be the highest definitely says something yeah but congress just ignored it so what do you think <laughs> about congress just ignoring it um so what do i think about congress not doing their job i guess i guess yeah. what do you think it's very shitty it's like you get paid all this money to do this job and it's for the people and you're not doing that uh, i think the people that they do it for is for the companies. Oh yeah, when you get that Fortune 500. Yeah, that yeah, one percenters. Puerto Rico, sorry, you gotta come up with a lot more money to get their attention, even though they literally control all your resources. Give me them donations and super packs. Um, Never enough. So the Puerto Rican status referendum of 2017 occurred in June 11th of 2017. While initially the referendum could would only have the options of statehood and independence slash free association, a letter from the Trump administration recommended to add the Commonwealth and the current status in the plebiscite. The option had been removed from this plebiscite in response to the results of the plebiscite in 2012, uh, which asked whether to remain in the current status and, ha and no had won. However, the Trump administration cited changes in demographics during the past five years to add the option once again. Amendments to plebiscite bill 
were adopted, making the ballot wording changes requested by the U.S. Department of Justice, as well as adding a current traditional status option. So what do you think about that? Current traditional status? What does that mean? Because uh, in 2017, they weren't going to put in the the Remain a Commonwealth option. Right, and right, It was right. either going to be... Trump and added. then Trump said, put it back in. And so that's what it was called, the current traditional status? Mm -hmm. That's what the option was on the, ba on the, the ballot? Yeah, that was their wording. Oh, okay. What do you think about that? Um, I'm not too sure what the motive was behind that. Like, is there a reason why... I mean, I guess just the same as always, they want control of territory. Well, uh, yeah, Republicans... Control, but, I mean, they could have still voted statehood. Mm. Republicans I mean, really I... don't want Puerto Rico to be a state. Mm. Okay. Yeah, they really mm -hmm. don't want yeah. that. Because they know that if Puerto Rico was admitted as a state, it would be admitted as a blue state, and then there will be more delegates in favor of Democrats, and then they'll be more likely to lose, and they do not yeah. want that. so he was... He was hoping that more people were going to check the historical, I mean, sorry, the um, traditional, to be to be under the Commonwealth Review, too. <laughs> yeah. Basically. That's why they, they didn't want D.C. to be a state, either. They, they would just call it a, a Democrat power grab. And that's how they would phrase it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. So, yeah. Lo and behold, be, be, be fearful of the scary Democrats, guys. Mm -hmm. And then so they're scary. like, oh, Democrats are, are a bunch of wussies. And, the, and one moment, yeah. and then the next one, they're like, oh, Democrats are like mad geniuses. <laughs> and then the other ones that are like, um, they're snowflakes, and then they're like, I'm a because you no longer want to call the gingerbread man a gingerbread man. He's a man. Baby. He's a man. Doctor Seuss. A man. Yeah. Doctor <laughs> Seuss. Right. Remember, remember oh that God. Ruby. Let me just say the hypocrisy of this, like of, of people here mm -hmm. in this country, like this, it blows my mind. Mm -hmm. So, Governor... It makes me go insane. <laughs> <laughs> Does it make you think you're going taking crazy pills? Every day that I wake up now, it's just like, I swear, I'm inside an episode of the Twilight Zone. Okay. Something. So, Governor Ricardo Rosillo is strongly in favor of statehood to help develop the economy and to help solve our 500-year-old colonial dilemma. Colonialism is not an option. It's a civil rights issue. 3.5 million citizens seeking an absolute democracy, he told the news media, which is what he said. So beliefs in the statehood, in, beliefs of statehood include an additional $10 billion per year in federal funds and the right to vote in politic presidential elections, higher Social Security and Medicare, Medicare benefits, and a right for its government agencies and municipalities to file for bankruptcy. The latter is currently prohibited. So yeah. So regardless of the outcome of the referendum, action by the United States Congress would be necessary to implement changes to the status of Puerto Rico under the territorial clause of the United States Constitution. With 13.3% co-sponsorship of the Puerto Rican Admissions Act in 2018 and only 5% in 2019, the U.S. House of Representatives have demonstrated little interest in Puerto Rico being incorporated or being admitted as a state. And the bill has never made it to the U.S. Senate since the United States took possession of the islands in 1898. So, yeah. Thoughts? That's been a lot of years. Mm -hmm. We're just ignoring. <laughs> We're just going to ignore you, Puerto Rico. Okay. Now, while the eye of Category 5 Hurricane Irma passed north of the island on September 5th, 2017, winds were sufficient to leave 1 million citizens without power. And on September 20th, 2017, Hurricane Maria hit the island directly, destroying infrastructure, electricity, 
portable water supplies, transportation, and communication. In December 2019 and 20, in January 2020, a series of earthquakes knocked out power island-wide, and thousands of people were remained homeless, were rendered homeless on the south side. So yeah, thus. Yeah, that, I remember that. It felt like it was just like catastrophe after catastrophe mm -hmm. over there, and it was so bad for them. Mm -hmm. And they're still to this day even dealing with the effects from those you know, storms, and mm. earthquakes, so it's sad that they don't get the priority that they need over there. They mm -hmm. definitely do need priority. Yep. Thus ending the history of Puerto Rico. That's as far as we got. Ah! I hope you enjoyed the lesson class. So what do you... I just want to... I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. What, were you, what did you think of the entire uh, history of Puerto Rico? Um, I thought that it was very insightful. It explains um, more about colonization and colonizers and how literally <laughs> Puerto Rico had almost every European country fighting over it at one point. So um, it also, you know, ties into how they, you know, were involved in U.S. history. Um, you know, and how, you know, they're basically still to this day not independent, not being heard. Mm -hmm. Kind of ignored by the U.S. And at the same time, the U.S. is like, you'll never be a state. Because <laughs> we don't want another blue state. Can't have that. Republicans really want to make, remain they have the upper hand. Remember how they're, they're doing all these, like, voter restriction laws? To prevent oh, like yeah. people of color I to know. vote. I know. What do you? What's your opinion on that? I don't want to say. Why? This is the Not place to say podcast. it. Why? This is the place to say it. <laughs> uh, no, I feel like uh, um, you know, there's there's a really racist motive, you know, behind that. Um, unfortunately, the majority is the you know, like the other thing that it could be is just that they. Like you said, they always want to win. It's, it's, it's always that, right? It's always like, I have to win. You know, that's exactly, you know, the pride of this country and of that party. And, you know, unfortunately, things are going to stay like this until we no longer have a two-party system. Which I don't <laughs> see that happening. Okay. Yeah, I don't the know. The two-party system is like just, they're always going to be, you know, having to structure their campaigns and everything like that to win. Mm -hmm. They're in to win it, and that's an important thing. Puerto Rico has like a four-party system. Yeah. I don't know. That and was pretty interesting how they, you know, have it set up, you know, like that, and how, you know, little by little, the U.S. was kind of making it seem like, yeah, sure, well, like, I choose your own governor now this time, and at the same time, it's like, but you can't do this, and you can't do that, and so. You can't show the flag? To give them as little as possible. And you can't show the flag? You can't show your own flag. Or else you get 10 like years that. of prison. Yeah, so over a flag. Well, we all know how the U.S. likes to make a big fuss over flags. Because um, <laughs> you can't kneel. I don't want it. Huh? You can't kneel. I stand for the flag, and I kneel yeah. for the eagle. <laughs> the freaking cloth. Um, I just wanted to briefly um, touch over, like, some famous Puerto Ricans, um, just, you know, give a little bit of background yeah. on some achievements. Uh, like, uh, before we do that, let me, uh, let me just yeah. say what our sources were for this series. Oh yeah, go ahead. Uh, the and they will be listed in the video description as well. Yeah. And it's going to be, the first one we had was the Puerto Rican experience by Francesco Cardosco. You can check that out. Uh, the journal of military history, particularly the chapter wartime San Juan. The Forgotten American Homefront by Edwin L. Dooley Jr. Uh, the Puerto Rican Nation in On the Move by Jorge Duani. Uh, the Journal of Latin American Studies uh, article entitled Anti-Imperialism and the Good Neighbor Policy by Robert D. Johnson. Uh, a Contestant of A Continent of Islands by Mark uh, Kurlansky. Uh, Forget about that pile of papers, which is an article 
uh, on the Second World War Sport Recreation on the Military on the Island of Puerto Rico, which is from the International Journal of History of Sport 20.1 by Roberta J. Park. Rethinking Puerto Rican Colonial History by uh, Renuel Rodriguez Ramos. Uh, the Island Paradox by Carlos E. Santiago and Francesco 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 L. Uh, Rivera Batiz, and The Sovereign Colony by Antonio Sotomayor. So those are the uh, our primary sources for this episode. We thank you, sources, authors, journalists, for your work. Mm-hmm. Okay, what, what famous people do you got? Number one, Ruby. Uh, so <laughs> Is Ruby number one? I'm going to not give too many details on all of them, but I do want to uh, give on some. I will name the others, but I won't go into too many details. Yeah. So, Is um, number one Ruby? You already know. Is number no. one Ruby? No, but I'm not Puerto Rican. You're a fraud. <laughs> You're a fraud, Ruby. You always told everyone that you were. No. I never. That was like your the first thing you say to everyone. You're like, "Hi, Ruby, yeah. Puerto Rican." I'm Puerto Rican. I'm Ruby, the Puerto Rican. Okay. <laughs> okay. Who's the first one? Okay. Okay. Uh, Rita Moreno. Uh, she is an actress. She's been acting actually for six decades, and From is one of the West few Side people Story. who has been awarded a Tony, an Oscar, an Emmy, and a Grammy. She has an EGOT. Um, she was. What happened? She has an EGOT. Oh, and an EGOT. That's what that is. It's, um, yeah, that's what an EGOT that was is. Just recently. No, yeah. not recently. An EGOT is a person no, who all gets. all those in together. Yeah. yeah. The E O. Oh yeah. G. Yeah. And she was in West Side um, so Story. So she was raised in NYC. Yep. And appeared in the film Singing in the Rain and The King and I and the musical West Side Story. Mm-hmm. That's where you know. She was in what the remake too. She, I was just saying that she was in West Side Story. She was in the new one, too. Oh, did they go ahead and do a cameo of her? No, she was a full character. Like, she played a really? different character in that film. Oh, cool. Okay. You, did you not see Spielberg's uh, West Side I have, Story? Um, no. I have it, not seen it. It was nominated for an Oscar this year. I know. I just I have a thing with musicals, I told you. <laughs> um, also, speaking of musicals, Another uh, Puerto Rican, Lynn Manuel Miranda. He has been awarded a MacArthur Foundation Award, also known as the Genius Grant. He's okay, I guess. Um, 2016 Pulitzer Prize in Drama. He has numerous Tony Awards, a Grammy for his musical theater work, which you all know as Hamilton. Um, he also got one for In the uh, Heights, too. Yeah, it says among many other awards for his other two musicals, like In the Heights, um, he was also raised in NYC and spent summers with his family in Puerto, Puerto, Puerto Rico. So we have a lot of, you know, Puerto Ricans that grew up in NYC. There's another actress that is uh, Puerto Rican, which is Michelle Rodriguez. She's actually half Puerto Rican. Her mom is Dominican and her father's Puerto Rican. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bruno Mars. Hey. He was born and raised in Hawaii to a Puerto Rican Jewish father. How cool okay. is that? That's um, that's definitely a melting pot for sure. Yeah. Carmelo Anthony, known as Melo, the NBA star. I thought he was I thought he was African American. No, he's the son of a Puerto Rican and he regularly helps out with community projects in Puerto Rico where he fixes sporting facilities for communities in need. Aw. You go Melo. How, what team does ben, he play for now? What? What team, what team is he, he on now? I don't know. I know he played for the Knicks. Oh, I, oh, I think he's in the... Uh, oh, he plays for the Lakers now. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then also we have Benicio del Toro. He was born in San Germán, Puerto Rico. Um, he studied acting under the acclaimed Stella Adler. At, and at the Circle in the Square Acting School. Um, he's known for his roles in movies such as Traffic, Snatch, and Guardians of the Galaxy, and he's also being cast for the new Star Wars episode movie. Wait, what, what um, is, wait who did he play in Guardians of the Galaxy? Um, he plays... I forgot who he 
He's not, he, it, it's not his face. Let me see, Benicio. He was in Star Wars, yeah, but I don't, I don't think he's in a new one. He might be coming he was, back. He was in the new one, yeah. Um, yeah, he was in The Last Jedi, but. He played, he played Talbot. No, he didn't, um. He played the Codebreaker in The Last Jedi. Oh, yeah, he does play an actual person in Guardians of the Galaxy. I, I forgot. He's the Collector. Oh, yeah, he is the Collector. Remember, That's he's the right. one that has the, what do you call it, the stone, one of the Infinity He has the Power Stone. Yeah, he is the Collector. That's right. Yeah. Um, Aubrey Plaza. Hey, uh, Aubrey. I love Aubrey Plaza. Yeah, she's half Puerto Rican. Uh, uh, Plaza, are you mm, single? <laughs> Now we have a talented gymnast named Lori Hernandez, who is of Puerto Rican descent. Oh, she's she just married just this year. As part of the Powerhouse USA Women's Gymnastics Team at Rio 2016. And she has her own individual silver on the balance beam. Mm, okay, girl. Yep. Okay, um, yeah, uh, Aubrey Plaza just got married last year. Aww, Jeff sorry. Baena, you're a lucky guy. Good job, Anya. <laughs> now we have Rosario Dawson. She um, has a mom who's Puerto Rican, and she has Afro-Cuban heritage. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, is she married? Um, I think that's it. That's I know it, there's more, all. but you'll have to look them up on your own time because there are so many. Yeah. I just wanted to touch base on some. It's pretty pretty big achievement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she I was think. in... Oh, she. Uh, yeah. Pretty cool stuff. Yes. So, Puerto Ricans, thank you for your culture and everything else that, um, you know, we drive off or use. And hopefully you guys get your independence one day. Yeah. At least statehood. Jeez. Come on. Maybe. Well, <laughs> who knows? So, uh. I can't promise anything. I'm sorry. <laughs> you you should promise everything. <laughs> so yeah, we got we got eighteen minutes. What do you what do you want to talk about? Um, we can talk about what we're gonna do next. So we can either do religions around the world, um, or we can do women. I think you said was one of the yeah. I think that'd be a great idea. That you wanted to touch on mm -hmm. women in history. Well, yeah, women in America. That'd be pretty cool because we could do like the suffrage movement. Oh yeah, it's a huge thing. Things like that. Yeah, that's when women first started kind of defining their whole household rule, or like you know, role and you know, just being a housewife. So, Are you not a housewife, Ruby? I am very for that. Okay. <laughs> Are you not a housewife yourself? I am Ruby? a housewife, but that's not the only thing I am. I thought you have like an actual job, like an actual nine to five. Mm-hmm, I am. Okay. But I'm also a housewife. Okay. So you do you do two jobs? Oh my god! I wish I only did two jobs. Oh yeah, you're doing. <laughs> I'm talking about like in terms of yeah, well yeah. I mean, being a mom doesn't pay you in money, but it pays you in the best you thing it, you can. You mean as far as it, money? It, it yeah. Pays as far you as money, in gratitude. <laughs> Mm, yeah, oh, sometimes it's gratitude, other times it's, fuck off, mom. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, what, so yeah, what do you want to do next? Um, we can do the women one. Okay, we can do the women one. Well, um, we, we can go with, We uh, want, we definitely do still want to try to get a guest for, you know, to finish out Black History Month. It'd be so great to learn Black History, which is American history. Um, you know, as, you know, to finish out Black uh, History Month. Yeah, I mean, African American Let's history see. is going to be like really, it's going to be long. It's a lot. I think so, yeah. So it'd probably, you know, go several episodes. Um, but we could start it in, in Black History Month. That'd be cool. Yeah, but Black History we'll Month see. is going to end can... in four days. Mm -hmm. Black History Month is going to end in four days. Yeah. But next month yeah. is is Women's History Month. So. Yeah, so we'll just do that. Okay, sounds good. Okay. Do you think women? We're gonna we're gonna learn about women. Do you think you will have the uh, the the? Are you have the relatability to do so? Oh yes, 
I do. Explain yourself. What's what is your because sources? I identify as a woman. What? <laughs> How is that possible? <laughs> oh my God! Did you hear about um, what Abbott is doing? What's he doing? Is that why you when posted like, that thing on Facebook? What did he post? No, it, I, don't, you, I don't follow him. I don't. No, what did you post? I'm like, is that thing about now. what you said on on Facebook about like zero days being a national embarrassment or something? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, well, what did what happened? So Gabbett, I'm sorry, Gabbett, <laughs> Abbott, Governor Abbott is um, introducing a law where he's it's basically against the trans community. And he's saying that whoever has a trans kid, their parents are going to be, the parents are going to be investigated um, on allegations of child abuse. Okay. Yeah. Why would this you do that? coming from the same man who was responsible for several kids dying during the winter storm, during the last winter storm. Oh, yeah. That happened and a lot. even more kids dying or getting sick. Because they didn't want to close the schools down, and even with them being in schools, they don't want to make them wear their masks. So it's kind of like, again, a bunch of fucking hypocrisy. <laughs> it's like, you are doing the most damage to our kids, bro. <laughs> That's why we... With your fucking dumbass policies. But the parents who are allowing their kids to be themselves and love themselves, they're the child abusers, like... <laughs> I just, but the gubernatorial elections comes out this oh, yeah. uh, year. Everybody go fucking vote, like I said. Definitely Are you gonna vote? vote Greg Abbott out? Oh my god! Yeah, I'm so sick and tired of him. And I, and you were one of those people who were like, don't like I don't vote. Vote voting's for losers and squares. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was very wrong. So what made you change your mind? Just getting more educated on it, definitely, um, that, that, you know, knowing exactly the process, because before I was just being ignorant, or honestly, it was just my part of not wanting to do the work and being complacent, you know, <laughs> and not, not having to fucking, like, you know, be responsible for it or have a responsibility in it, because I just felt like I had too much going on, but I'm like, dude, I'm tired, this is important, it's obviously important enough to you know, make me pay attention now, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's what they want you to think. They want you to think Right, that exactly. I was one matter. of those people who were conditioned to think that, you know, my vote didn't matter. Mm-hmm. I don't... Con- I re- part of it was that I was kind of fed up, like I said. Um, I just... It had been years, and no, nothing had changed. And so I was kind of just like, I vote, and nothing, nothing changes. But it's like... People under, misunderstand that. They think that, okay, I voted, I'm done. But it's like, no, there's so many things that need to be reformed, so many organizations that need to be uprooted, like so many things that you have to put in work 24, like year-round, mm-hmm. every year, <laughs> to make these changes. You can't just vote and say, okay, I'm done. Okay. Yeah, so. but a lot of people did, a lot of people have died for us to be able to vote. A lot of people have fought and died for that. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, yeah, we 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 should be grateful that we have the government that we have, which is supposed to be a democracy. Um. So, we're that's basically our duty, our duty as citizens of this country to participate in the votes. You know, there's countries out there who make who make it a law, like you. Every single person has to vote. Oh yeah. You know, so. You said duty. Duty. That's hilarious. <laughs> I didn't. We were, All right. We were All right, duty. Time. I'll see you later. Okay. Wait, <laughs> let me look up what what the official government type of of America is. Oh, we're a federal presidential constitutional republic. That's our. That's a long. That's word. our. That's our official government. Yeah. We're a federal presidential constitutional republic. And what is the definition of that? I have no idea. Um, <laughs> I thought you had it right there. That's what that's uh, a form of government in which supreme power is held by the people and their elective representatives. 
held by the people and their elected representatives. Yeah, well, one percent of the people. Yeah, they're not. It's not just the people with money, guys. The y'all are just being some greedy fucks. We need stop being greedy fucks. We need the donations, Ruby. We need the super packs. <laughs> we need the sponsors. We need the everybody to get off their ass and come together and stop fighting about stupid bullshit. I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna tell your mom you said ass. Tell <laughs> <laughs> <Show> my mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So yeah, that's that's the story of history of Puerto Rico. And next time we'll talk about the history of women. I hope you are prepared for that, Ruby. I am very prepared, sir. Okay, make sure to bring your biggest pair of glasses. Make sure that everyone is ready for all the gory details because us women be going through it. Hmm, yeah, I, I, I could not live a day as a woman. Was, yeah, I, it's I, hard. I can live with that. Both the biological and social things that goes on I would not be able to deal with that. I wouldn't be able to deal with the possibility of going through childbirth. I can't deal with periods. Probably couldn't do that. And I can't probably deal with the constant objectification and per- persecution of yep. women. And all the constant fear of being unsafe in any particular yep. situation. Right, exactly. <laughs> and the so glass ceiling. The women... Yeah, and the glass ceiling as well. Yeah. So it's hard. So we'll we'll get into all of that next time, guys. So yep. be prepared. Yeah, be prepared. Ruby will bring her biggest pair of glasses and her Lacroix, and <laughs> we'll we'll do it. And I bring all of I'm bringing all the feminism energy in this space. Okay. So better be aware for that. All right. I've been Nathaniel Lavula. And I've been Ruby. I hope you've enjoyed this epi- these episodes on Puerto Rican history. Yep. Let us know what you think in the comments or if you know what you'd like to have us discuss next. Yep, absolutely. Thank you for joining us. Okay, bye. bye. Thank you for listening to A Vision Podcast, home of Wacky Talkies, The Kingdom, Evil Exists, and many more.